Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. And we are live. What's up, you guys? Listen, your boy, number Melissa, one. Melissa, what are you doing? They can't hear it. It's because the stream went live. One second. <laughs> so what I'm hearing right now, Sean, is something about marketing in the background. It's a Wait, why does this always happen? That I had why does in the this background. They can't hear it. Don't worry happen. about it. Not only that, you all can't even play this the This is what air. happens so, when I, you get, you get stuck up. in the closet for a week. I, oh. I just escaped today. <laughs> um, Fair point. Listen, out of all listen. days, today I can screw up Wirecast. I was really <laughs> professional on this podcast with Go ahead, Melissa. Sean. Sean's with, muted now. Oh, I'm serious? muted, huh? No, he's not. Unless he's just fucking around. He might no, be fucking I'm not. Around. No, People can hear me. Doing. You all need to quit talking, for one. Melissa, shut up. Sean, unmute yourself. People can Melissa, hear me. are you setting Melissa. a record for the fastest that you fucked up this podcast? They can hear me. You setting a record? You Nigel, ooh, so get in here. Right now, guys. We've been on the air for 30 seconds. Oh, people are saying I can hear you. We can hear you. Yes! No shit, motherfucker! They can hear him. Okay, there we go. We got it. They could hear him. We couldn't. On, on my own podcast, we wonder why the fight happens. It's because <laughs> Melissa screws everything up. Not only that, I'm sitting here trying to run the beginning of the show. I got Jimmy going, what's going on over here? What's going on? Can't no-sell it for anything. <laughs> Melissa over in the background. Sean, Sean, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Sean, Sean, Sean. And I'm sitting there like, would you all? It's almost become, and I say this with all due respect. Let me do my show. <laughs> I say this with all due respect to Melissa because she's a competent, intelligent person, but it's almost comical that you fuck something up every week. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, know, I don't know how it's possible. It's my wow. allure. <laughs> every <laughs> single time she produces, she is the dirt worst. That's why she gets her ass kicked. That's why she gets kidnapped. That's why she's got to run around in the woods looking for mushrooms like Super Mario, trying to gain strength. Like, <sighs> I was about I, to forgive you. For everything? No, we're best friends. In a it's okay. I still like you. I kidnapped you. We're good. We're professionalism for the sake of this podcast. And that is the, the limit to my professionalism on this podcast is here you go. We're shaking hands. We're BFFs now. We're going to go pick mushrooms together. Melissa, I noticed that you have a really funky design around your frame. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, do you like it? Why did you do that? It was so boring before. Do you not like it? I can take it off. Well, I mean, look at the subject that's in it, first off. (laughs) (laughs) When you got an ugly painting, you put a pretty frame on it, okay? It makes it a little better. (laughs) Are you calling yourself the ugly painting? According to Sean, because oh, okay. he wants to fight me again and lose again. No, I, I don't. We are, we are good. We're fine. We're going to move on from this. If you can stop screwing up this show, <laughs> stop oh, messing man. up the show. This is a momentous occasion. And the first thing we get, and I leave this stuff in. I leave this stuff in so the audio listeners can hear what I go through on a weekly basis. Uh-huh. So they hear it's, you bitching? It's, 
Yeah, all oh, the time. Man. That's probably like, not like good for viewers. Completely unfounded. These thousands of subscribers that we have would want a show that works. <laughs> <laughs> so why is this a mind? You, you said this is a momentous occasion. Why? A momentous occasion. I mentioned this on the Fightful Report podcast, our flagship show on Fightful Select, that we would be talking about the story, Jimmy. Easily, without a doubt, the most requested thing. Like, really? I, I used to get a lot when Vince Russo left. A lot of people would be like, why'd he leave? Why'd he leave? And I'm like, he left. That's the story. <laughs> there is no story. He left. Yeah, yeah. And this one, there, there is a story. Uh, yeah, I'll tell it later. Yeah. I will tell it later. Now, I want to emphasize, I will tell it later. Mm. So, for your own protection. <laughs> oh, man. That's sweet. Can we get you to stay like that for a while? Maybe this is the List in Your Girl Volume man, 1. Man, Ooh. that's funny that you, you talk about how you want the views up, then you ask me to not talk. Good you luck never with know. Your 12 views, Jimmy. Oh, we'll see about Good that. Luck we'll with see your about 12 that. Views. All right, let's get going. I got the list of Jimmy Van here. I'm going to show this on the air once a week so that new listeners know what the hell the list is. List of Jimmy Van, my Jericho ripoff. Although he said he's done with the list, so this is now not a Jericho ripoff. You Tom Brandy him. I guess a little you know, bit. I'm Tom not, Brandy I, stole the Patriot gimmick. Oh, okay. I heard that it was uh, done with a blessing. No. No. No, Melissa. You took him off the screen. Come on. I'm just still don't, up. Don't I'm touch anything, up. Melissa. What don't did you touch see? anything. You just took Jimmy, him off the screen, so all I saw was the wallpaper. You gotta in the stop selling whatever is on your screen because the other people don't see it. So they think that everything's unraveling. I have to sell it, Sean, because I need to see the shit as the show's going on. I need to see the media on the show. Yeah, keep an eye. That's why. Nobody likes a broken show. Exactly. Nobody likes a broken show. It okay, wasn't broken, Jimmy. It was just broken on your... I don't care. That's It's important that I see everything, so it's broken. But it's fixed now. Let's start off today by uh, sending condolences to the family of Larry the Axe Henning. He passed away this past week at the age of 82. I will admit that I was not too familiar with Larry the Axe Henning as a wrestling fan because he was kind of before my time. So admittedly, I knew him mainly as Mr. Perfect's dad. Uh, and you remember when Mr. Perfect came around in the WWE in the uh, 90s, they would talk about Larry the Axe Henning. And then when Curtis Axel was on TV, they actually brought him in a few times and, and did stuff with him. 82 is a solid age. Uh, he had a, a hell of a career in his own right, mostly in Minnesota, where he's from, with the AWA and whatnot. So, solid solid uh, age for him. I heard that his life after wrestling was really good, too. He was in the real estate business. So, sorry to hear uh, about that, but he he, uh, he had a good life. Always heard about how kind he was. You could tell that when his son died, it took a lot out of him, if you ever heard him talk about the situation, right. which was unfortunate to see. And right. um, who knows, we might get a fourth generation of... Hennig's, I mean, Curtis Axel's 39 already, so I mean, I, I think he's got a 10-year-old kid. Yeah, well, so Kurt knows? Henning also had like four siblings, and I, I don't know anything about their children, but he had four siblings, so. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, next thing I want to do is I want to mention Big Cass. I want to uh, send well wishes to Big Cass. Uh, House of Hardcore show in Philly last weekend. He had a seizure, uh, I think, during intermission. Now, this became... Um, a bit controversial, right, Sean? You and I talked about it because some yeah. websites posted the video. Because you know what? This is what kills me, Sean, with with the society this day and age. Whenever something bad happens, like somebody gets hit by a car, in his case, he had a seizure. What do a lot of people do? Instead of jumping in to help out, they pull out their freaking phone and start recording yeah. it. And so a lot of people at the House of Horror Card Course show, that's what they did. They pulled up their phones and started recording it. And you told me that there was a few websites that posted the video and then they kind of got shit on a little bit. And Velvet Sky was pretty angry uh, about one particular website that posted I mean, we, the video. We could do so. that. We could do that for the cheap clicks and probably make quite a bit of money off of it. But what's the point, man? You know like, something? If you were the subject of that video, Sean, how pissed would you be? Like, the next week, and you found it. that out. Right? I'd be very, very upset. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think all things need to be, uh, not everything needs to be covered, you know? It's a good way to get you banned from Reddit, too, apparently. You told me about that. Yep. There you go. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story. This is not the story yet. Mm. The story is going to come later. I'm going to tell you a story, uh, and I'm going to tell it. Anybody that uh, collects wrestling figures 
or was a fan of WWE in the mid-80s, or is a fan of Zack Ryder, any of those people are going to find this story interesting, and that's why I'm going to tell you. So, uh, Sean, I think you know that I am a collector of the old WWF LGN action figure line from the mid-80s. They were those big 8-inch rubber wrestlers uh, that were made. And I, I own the entire collection, what they call MOC, or Mint on Card. And what that means is they're all brand new in the package. And I've got the whole thing. A few years ago, there was a rumor that they had actually produced a Sergeant Slaughter prototype that was supposed to be part of Series 1 of that set. And the way the rumor went was Slaughter cut a deal with Hasbro at that time to be part of G.I. Joe. And, you know, Vince McMahon had a reputation for wanting to kind of control what his guys did. So McMahon was not cool with Slaughter uh, working with uh, Hasbro, and so Slaughter quit the company. And so uh, rumor had it that LGN had a sculpt made of him. They had a mold. They had a prototype. But because he quit, McMahon put the kibosh on it, and they never actually produced it. I heard that rumor, and I didn't quite believe it. I saw pictures of a, of a painted prototype, didn't know how legitimate it was. And then what happened was, a few years ago, I got my hands on a rubber prototype that has those bendy wires in it. Yeah, yeah. Those bendy wires. I do. And when I got that, that con convinced me that it was uh, legitimate, because I haven't heard of anybody customizing one of those bendies with the wires in them. That would be pretty tough to do. So once I got that, I was on the lookout for that painted prototype that I had seen photos of. Wouldn't you know, a little while ago, Zack Ryder, he does a show on WWE.com with uh, Kurt Hawkins. They visit toy stores all over the place. They went to a toy store in Cincinnati called the Toy Department that you yourself went to, Sean. Did. Uh, and one of the owners of that toy store, his name is Chris Neal. And on, on that episode when Zack Ryder went there, Chris Neal owned that painted Sergeant Slaughter prototype. And Ryder found out about it, and Ryder offered the guy a pretty large sum of money. Uh, the guy turned it down. So what did I do, Sean? I found Chris Neal's contact information, reached out to him, was able to cut a deal with him. I even was able to get him, if you can believe it, to drive from Cincinnati, Ohio to Toronto, Canada. I was and shocked he, when I heard that. <laughs> yeah, he, he took the eight-hour drive from Cincinnati to Toronto. He delivered, to, delivered the figure to me personally. Let me just say, much safer than flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess if you're you, it is. Based on he previous told, experiences. He told me straight up, he said, I don't trust the mail, especially something like this, because it's made out of a resin material, almost like yeah. plaster. Uh, and so he said, he said, I've never been to Canada. He had never been to Canada before. And so he decided, what the hell, I'll do the eight-hour drive, it'll come to you, and he did, and he hand-delivered it to me. Uh, I actually told Zach Ryder about it last night. We talked for a while. He was shocked uh, that I got it. That's all I'm going to say about my conversation with Zach Ryder, because we talked about other stuff, as I told Sean off the air. But, uh, he basically I, I have said that I was the greatest wrestling journalist of all time, bro. Yeah, that's what he said. That's so what he said. I have been hereby endorsed by every bro in wrestling ddp matt riddle robbie e vince russo zach yep. Ryder. you hit the gamut i did there you go i want to show you a couple photos for anybody interested so this first one this is that bendy one i told you about that has the wires in it put up slaughter yeah. one melissa got it so the reason that this thing was made was so that they could determine the pose they wanted yeah. Because the bendies let you, uh, the, the wires let you, you know, change the pose. So that was the first one that I owned, and that was the one that convinced me that the painted one was legit. Here is the one that Ryder uh, offered the guy money for on the video, and that Sorry. I had the guy deliver to me yesterday. Put up Slaughter, too. There it is right there, Sean. I just want to say, Ryder offered him on the spot $10,000. That's not a secret. It's <laughs> I on guess it's video. not. It's on video. It's on yeah. video. He He was at the front counter and said... What about $10,000? And the guy said no very quickly. He did. Very, he did. very quickly. And I went there. It was much smaller than I expected, but, man, it is an awesome store. I, I highly recommend you all check it out in Cincinnati. Seeing that video made me go visit it. Myself and Nikita Krylov fan, and I got a, I got a Hillbilly Jim thumb wrestler. You know what? Seeing that video is how I knew that he owned that slaughter. Yeah. Because I didn't know who the owner was. And I actually hit up Ryder. I talked to Ryder every now and then. And, and I hit him up and said, hey, I just, you know, thanks. Because if not for your video, I wouldn't have known that guy owned it. <laughs> oh, I did. No. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, and he was shocked that I got it. He, he said to me. <laughs> you vulture. <laughs> 
he said to me, Ryder said to me, he goes, the guy told me no that he wouldn't sell it for any amount of money. And I said to him, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't up your, your offer. And, and he was like, well, I wasn't going to up my own offer. And I said, well, I guess that's what you had to do. So, uh, you know, you know what Chris Neal said to me? I told Sean this off the air. I said to him, I thought you told Ryder that you weren't going to sell it for any amount of money. He said, yeah, I wasn't, but now I can build a barn. That's what he said with basically the proceeds from the Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, Chris, Christmas stadium, is so. 13 days away, Jimmy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm about to ship out the, the uh, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to call your company on the air. Just just call it my company. Your company. I'm, I'm shipping the office gift, which is very jerky? similar. Is it more jerky? Or, it did, is. Didn't you say popcorn actually. or something before? We're, we're good. No, we're best jerky. friends. It was jerky was it and jerky? the delicious okay. it was so chips good. that we have. Anybody who's ever been in Kentucky knows about Grippo's chips and beef jerky, and I'm sending some of that up. Was, you know, I was going to give you all the greatest gift of all, me. But unfortunately, it didn't work out. It's cool because I I think that the story itself kind of made it all worthwhile. Yeah, and I mean, hey, I got all my money back essentially outside of the speeding ticket. Had I not got the speeding ticket, I'd been like, who gives a shit? It right. was a nice surprise that would have been cool to unfold, but other than right. that, got, got to do traffic school in a couple <laughs> Just weeks. like Mixed Match Challenge. Who gives a shit? Well, that's literally what I was told by a WWE employee this week. And let me tell you, Sean, am I ever with you on that sentiment this season? I am oh. so confused. I don't even know what the matchups were anymore. I published, and... the, <laughs> I published the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. It goes up early on Fightful Select, and I did the Fightful Report podcast right before this, or I talk about it before it goes up on Fightful.com. Here's a quote from a WWE employee on the condition of anonymity about Mixed Match Challenge. It's a giant mess. Nobody knows on a weekly basis what's going to happen, who will be hurt, how things will end up. But it's really cheap content and easy to film, so we're going to keep doing it until we're not able to do it anymore. The wrestlers enjoy working the matches, but it's become a big inconvenience for several of them who lose their day off to a tournament that doesn't really mean anything and yep. doesn't increase their pay very much. And what, what were they going to get? hundred grand a week? Is that what it was? hundred grand a week? From Facebook? Something like that. Yeah. Thought it was a hundred grand a week. I have to look at and, it. And obviously they extended this season. It was almost like twice the length, right? Maybe even yeah. longer. So. Yeah. Whatever. Let's move on. I want to talk about the, what the hell's our time? Cause we're, I know we, we're cutting down. Okay, we're I got my eye on it, Jimmy. Okay, good. I, I want to talk about the Seth Rollins promo. Let's talk about the Seth Rollins promo. So I have never been a fan and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. And I'm pretty sure you agree. I've never been a fan of telling your audience that your product sucks. And we've seen other companies do it. WCW did it. Impact Wrestling did it. WWE's done it in the past. When Shane McMahon came back a few years ago, that's the first thing he did in Detroit was got in the ring with Stephanie and Vince and kind of shit on them about the ratings and the stock and all that. I don't get it uh, because I look at it like, number one, why do you want to tell your viewer who's watching your show that they're watching shit? That's number one. Number two, what does it say about your viewer that they're watching shit? You know? So I don't, I don't understand, and I, I, I get it. They were trying to use that as a source of heat for Baron Corbin, and they're trying to pretend that they have a finger on the pulse and that they know what's wrong with the company, whatever. I don't get it. I've never understood it. It's one thing when Scott Stein is shitting on WCW because he's doing a legit shoot that wasn't planned. It's another thing when Rollins is doing it in something that was absolutely planned. And I, I just don't get it, and... Uh, and I guess the question is, are things going to change? It's one thing for him to shit on Lucha House rules, shit on urination storylines. I don't know why he would talk about fan support and then look at the crowd and say dwindling fan support. Why would you ever script a guy to say stuff like that? I don't get it. I'll never get it. We'll see if they are as tone deaf as we think they are or if they really are aware of the problems. But I hate those promos, man, and I just wish they would never do it and never do it again. It's almost like what we had at the beginning of the show where you called attention to all of the tech errors. No, but I'm not shitting on our podcast, though. <laughs> I'm not shitting producer. on our podcast. That's right? true. It, like, it I'm is never a gonna come on here. I'm never going to come on here and go, Sean, I don't want to do this anymore because this show fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. If it ends, that's how it's going to end. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's what Rollins... That's what Rollins effectively said. Yeah, they did That's what scripted. he said. They heavily scripted him to say this. And I know they did. I know they did, and it's not his fault. This is this is what he was directed to say. Yeah. But I, it doesn't make sense to me that they would direct him to say it. I don't get it. And uh, does it mean things are going to improve? I guess we're going to find out. 
Yeah, right? if it's their way of saying, hey, we screwed up, we know that some of the show has sucked, that's fine, but all of this goes through Vince, and this has led to a domino effect of Jimmy Jacobs kind of defending the idea. It's really hard to write a three-hour right. wrestling show. Which well, I'm true. sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. That's why you have a team. But the thing is, it doesn't matter when Vince McMahon comes in and nixes all these ideas. And I don't think it's any secret. I've speak, I speak to a lot of former writers. I, I speak publicly to people on the creative team on Twitter. It's not like a big secret that this is the process that, that goes down. And, and you had Krista Joseph say at one point to me, 95 to 99% of the ideas get nixed. Meanwhile, Lucha Underground Season 1, I thought was one of the most creative seasons, one of the most entertaining wrestling things I've seen. So there are a lot of good ideas that just get nixed and Vince doesn't see them. However, Vince McMahon and WWE crafted the Becky Lynch thing from SummerSlam on. They've, they've known it. They pivoted with Asuka. There are some good things they do too. I actually but, want to mention that for a second. Sorry to cut you up, but I want to mention that because Rollins touched upon that in another interview. Uh, and I, I agree with you, but I disagree with you on that. And I'm, let, me, let me let me tell you what Rollins said. So he was on 105.3 Rock Radio at a Medicine Hat, Alberta, when they did their run through uh, Canada. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote. He said, one thing that we as a company miss sometimes are the storytelling points. It goes over the heads of our writers sometimes. The example that he gave was Becky Lynch. Yeah. And he and he said they basically crafted a story where she was in Becky uh, Charlotte's shadow, losing it on opportunities. WWE intended for Becky to be the heel. Yes. They did. Because it did go over the writers' heads and they did misunderstand that Becky was the babyface in the story. They intended to her for go heel. They pivoted as you said when they recognized, holy shit, the crowd is with Becky. Yeah. And then they pivoted. But I thought it was telling for for uh, Rollins to say it goes over the heads of our writers sometimes. And I and I don't want to harp on this, but we've talked about this before. When you hire people to write wrestling television that do not come from a wrestling background. When you hire people to write wrestling television that worked on Days of Our Lives or Saturday Night Live or The Simpsons or any of that stuff, these are the problems that you're going to run into because a show like The Simpsons, you're essentially on a weekly basis writing a completely new show. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not writing something... stuff, essentially. What's that? They call it Monster of the Week stuff. Like right, X- right. You're 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 not trying to write something continuous over a 52 week period. Or I know they don't do an angle over 52 weeks, but whatever. You're not writing something continuously week to week to week where you're building a slow angle. And it's a mistake that they wouldn't hire wrestling people for this. I know some people are going to say, "Well, what about Road Dog?" Because like they brought in Road Dog and he's been shit. SmackDown's a lot better show right now. Oh, yeah. Is that because of the Road Dog? I don't know. But uh, SmackDown's been a lot better show. But it, I thought it was very telling for Rollins to say it goes over the heads of our writers because, like I said, bringing in guys that don't know wrestling I think is a big mistake and it's long been a mistake. And, of course, having your boss be 74, yeah, that's also a problem. How old are you, Jimmy? 44. <laughs> okay, got 30 more years until... Uh, <laughs> until... Okay, let me... I'm going to go on record, Sean. I'm going to go on record. 30 years from now, if I'm still sitting in this chair, okay, you have my permission to push me off a bridge... I, I'm going to go into, on record. Into, into Lake Ontario, downtown say, here in Toronto. By then, you'll just turn over the reins of everything to me because I promise by the end of this year, Jimmy, you will be a millionaire. Promise. Oh, promise. Great. Anyway, I really hope so. Given, given what I spent on that slaughter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, let me, let me back <laughs> up on that. Let me back up on that, that claim. Uh, but the fact that Vince heard Asuka's reaction and was willing to pivot, that's him too. So there are some glimpses of what helped usher in wrestling as we know it today and you're right but but you're right but at the same time i think a lot of us already knew she was over exactly but i mean we we didn't need to hear the live reaction in one segment to know that i don't know if we knew to that degree though because i mean he was saying backstage everybody's reaction was nothing compared to that before a valet almost ran into him in a car by the way heard that too oh really yeah uh, in big show's car did you hear about jason's sensation yeah, I did. What I a mean, what a what a run of luck that guy's been on. Like, yeah, man. I don't I don't want to talk about that guy. Uh-huh, I just uh-huh. don't want to talk about that guy after after what he did and like what all that he looked happened. pretty rough though. Did you see the pictures from ICU? Yeah, yeah. But um, when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, it is it is hard to write that much TV. And I've like I said on this this site, I've interviewed Vince Russo and Court Bauer and. Dave Lagana and Krista Joseph, all people who have 
had prominent writing roles within WWE. Bruce Pritchard. I've talked to all these people about that process. I know how hard it is. They, they've reiterated it to me over and over, but it's gotten even worse over the years. And that's just got to change. There's so much content. There's mm-hmm. just so much freaking content. And when they bring up the point, oh, and you have to build to a pay-per-view, I'm like, to be honest, I think that makes it easier. When you have something that you can build to and definitively point at and say, okay, that can be the blow-off. You can reset that here. You can redo that here. There are a lot of crutches that you can use in pro wrestling as well. You're uh, right, but for, the, for the, problem is they've, the problem is they've had so many network specials that instead of building to once every four or six weeks, you're building to once every one or two weeks. That's a good point. That's, That's a good been point. Tough. And I, I, I look at it like this. Obviously, three hours a week, I'm sure that they're feeling a lot of burnout. I'm sure they are. The problem is when your boss is not only 74, but when your boss clearly has his focus elsewhere, he's more likely to just approve whatever you put in front of him. And so I think that they've been, I think the writing team has been very lazy and very sloppy on Raw, which, which, which is why they run back the same matches every week. I think they're doing it in, in part at least because they're burned out. Yeah. And your boss is, is, uh, uh, putting a seal of approval on it because he's just distracted. The whole thing, you put it together and it's just a recipe for disaster. I had one person tell me, and it was just kind of an off-the-cuff conversation, that it doesn't help when the person running the country is 72, and Vince looks at himself as like on par with that with that, and the amount of control that he could have. Right. It's kind of wild, man. It is, and it's funny when you look at the other brand, and, and again, I think two hours versus three hours makes a difference, but when you look at the other brand, and we talked about this last week, it's hard to believe that they have the same ownership and they have the same decision maker, because the other brand, look at all the, the top people they have and the positions that they're in. you got Daniel Bryan, the evil vegan heel, the evil vegan hippie, and he's pretty awesome. you got Becky Lynch, probably the hottest thing in all of wrestling right now. On top of that, you've got... The Miz, even though I'm not crazy about their, it looks like they're going to try to turn him babyface, and I don't know how I feel about that. But he's in a prominent position, and I think he's done really well. Then you got AJ Styles, Charlotte, Oscar, Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, all these top level guys, all in pretty decent positions, and only two hours that they have to work with. That means you're going to have a much better quality show. Yeah. So speaking of some political related stuff because this is a political podcast <laughs> did you see where joe Coff of ring of honor like kind of like dismissed the the must runs that sinclair does you know the the very very right-leaning must run spots that air on the networks that run ring of honor and he was just yeah. like oh it's not that big of a deal uh people are overblowing it and i think there's only been one person in seven years who told me they don't watch ROH because of who owns it and what they do. And I can tell you that if that's the case, they just must not be talking to him because I've had dozens say that. Like, I've seen dozens of people say that. Not that it's going to make any huge dent, but I think that's incredibly tone deaf. I think he probably should have just said, "Ah, I'd like to not touch that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously in his position, he just wants, you know, they're they're the ownership. And so he's, you're right, it's... It's one thing for him to say, oh, I don't think it's a problem because that's probably what he thinks the narrative should be. But I, I think you're right. It's probably best for him to just say, I have no comment. Matter of fact, going back to the slaughter thing, I must have had a dozen guys in the last 24 hours in like the, the Facebook groups and stuff. What'd yeah. you pay for that? What'd you pay for that? What'd you pay ah. for that? Over and over again. And every single time I just said, I have no comment. You should tell me off the air, Jimmy. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Uh, speaking of ROH, Flip Gordon takes on Bully Ray. This Friday, Ring of Honor final battle in an I Quit match. How about this, guys? We are giving away a uh, Ring of Honor free pass, free viewing pass via Fight TV. All you got to do is uh, retweet the tweet that I will soon RT myself, follow Fightful Online, follow Fight, and uh, get yourself a free viewing pass if you are selected. But we will have live coverage and a live post show. But for now, take a listen to my talk with Flip Gordon. This seems like it's priming you for a big role in Ring of Honor, and you've already had a pretty big role in Ring of Honor. But there are some people whose contracts are coming up. What does that mean for you as a young talent who still does have some time on his contract, well publicized? Uh, it means it means exactly what it's meant the last three years. I came into professional wrestling at the exact right time. Because throughout my career, I have gotten opportunities because other people left for other opportunities. 
it's a very, very awesome cycle because if people decide to leave, there's positions open higher up on the card, which that should be everybody's goal. Your goal should not just be, hey, I want a roster spot. Your goal should be, hey, I want to be the top guy of this company. And so if guys are leaving, then that opens up opportunities. If they don't leave, then guess what? That makes my job even harder because that means I got to work even harder to take those spots from those guys, whether they're my friends or not. Uh, speaking of spots, uh, that might open up some spots in New Japan as well. They have a great working relationship with Ring of Honor. Uh, you've worked there a little bit. Could you see yourself taking on a, a more advanced role in New Japan as well? I would absolutely love that. I mean, I got a little taste of it uh, this year in Best of Super Juniors. Um, and I hope I get more opportunities there in New Japan because during those three weeks, I learned so much. And I felt like from my first match to my last match, if you just watched the best of Super Juniors, you can see how much I improved in ring um, just during those three weeks. Uh, what are some of the pros and cons about how wrestling has changed your life? Because, I mean, obviously you've, you've taken the wrestling world by storm, and that has to be quite an adjustment from, from just not being in the world of pro wrestling. Um, pros, I'm living my dream. I'm 26 years old. I've been doing this three and a half years. I've been lucky enough to travel the world. Uh, 11 different countries, I think, a um, couple different continents. Um, it, I mean, that's it's insane. If you would have told me three years ago I'd done this much already, I would have told you you were lying. Um, some of the cons, I'm literally never home. I'm gone all the time. I come home to repack my suitcase. I live out of suitcases half the time. I mean, you hear it of all the, all the successful entertainers in the world. You miss birthdays, anniversaries. Um, you name it. So those are some of the cons. But, I mean, you never know how long this is going to last. I don't know how hot I'm going to be. And um, so I got to take full advantage of it. Also, I was curious, like, you, you spent time in the Army National Guard. How did that prep you for, for life and pro wrestling? Um, it prepped me uh, mentally and disciplined. Um, and also the travel and being away from my family and my friends. Because um, in the Army, I, was, I had to do that, too. I went to basic training. I was gone uh, for my family a lot and so that kind of prepared me and then also just the discipline when it comes into um, travel organization even just working out and then uh, so much I if it wasn't for the army I guarantee you I wouldn't be where I am today in professional wrestling and we're back are you sure yeah are we back yeah all right you all can see that full interview with Flip Gordon uh, on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Fightful. It'll be up in our shoot interview section, which is always growing. I'm adding more and more stuff to that all the time, uh, stuff that we've done over the last several years, hundreds of interviews. But join me Friday night, guys. I'm going to have that live post-show podcast for Ring of Honor Final Battle. Jimmy, it's a busy weekend. Two actually good Bellator shows, a UFC show, Ring of Honor, and then you got TLC on Sunday. What's the main event of the UFC? Uh, Kevin Lee and Ally Aquinta. Kevin Lee, who I think is going to be one of their big breakout stars. GSP does too. But okay. on on the Peloton show, they got Michael Chandler. They got Alimale McFarland. They're in Hawaii, so hmm. uh, that's that's pretty cool. And TLC is going to be good. Good thing James Lynch didn't ask me for a per diem for that one. I, I'd be asking for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about TLC. I want to ask Melissa a question. So, Melissa, yeah. now that you have experience with ladders uh, as a result of your uh, defeat of Sean Ross Sapp, would you rather get hit in the head with a ladder uh, or would you rather get hit in the head with a guitar? can be arranged. So what kind of guitar? If this is some acoustic guitar. An acoustic guitar. An acoustic oh, acoustic that one. Guitar. That one. You'd rather get hit in the head with an acoustic yes. guitar? They're flimsy. I think almost anybody would answer the same way, Sean, don't you think? Yeah, and I'm glad that she did because it just so happens that I have a Jeff Jarrett laser engraved guitar. You know, I'm surprised nobody's jumped on that Fightful Select reward yet. Which one is it? A thousand? Oh, the, Jarrett, the ridiculously high oh, is, one. Is it the high we one? We fly them in. They're on the yeah. show. They get a cardboard cutout. They get a Justin Roberts intro. They get the guitar. <laughs> they get a six-month podcast sponsorship. I should hit up I should hit up Chris Neal, the guy that I bought the Sergeant's Ladder from. Yeah. See, I he mean, wants to be part of that tier. I'll take the barn too. I would love to have a barn to put a wrestling <laughs> ring in, to be honest with you. Would you really? Yeah, I would. I would love to have a steel building that I could just put a ring in to work out in. 
So anyway, going back to my latter question. Um, so I was initially excited when I found out that Elias is going to wrestle Bobby Lashley in a ladder match at TLC on Sunday. Yeah. Because I thought, well, that's interesting, a nice little giving match for those two guys and whatnot. I wonder what's going to be hanging up on that ladder. Because obviously if it's a ladder match, you've got to have something that you're going after. And, uh, yeah, it's a, a guitar hanging up on what, the ladder. What are, they are confusing me. I, I do this for a living. It's my full-time job to write and edit stories about wrestling and to keep in touch with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a damn clue what the <laughs> point of like three of these matches are. Corbin and Strowman, what are they? Are they pinfall? Are they grabbing something? TLC match. Uh, and they have not said if there's anything up a ladder. They haven't said. Meanwhile... The women's match, obviously, they're grabbing the women's title. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. This Elias Lashley match, they're going up and grabbing a guitar, but grabbing it doesn't win. Using it doesn't win. No, it's pinfall. It's pinfall. Yeah, and basically, whoever gets the guitar first can use it. Do you remember uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and Sting had a coal miner's glove on a pole match? Yeah. And then, as it turned out, the glove didn't mean shit because it was the Cobra that pinned Jake Roberts, if you yeah. remember that. But uh, that's so you can basically have the right to get, to use the guitar. The reason that it's a ridiculous, stupid thing that no one put any thought into is because the ladders hurt way more than the guitar. Yeah. And if you don't need the guitar to win the match, I would say forget the guitar. I'm going to beat the shit out of you with the ladder. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to have that spot where they're both going for the guitar at the same time, Sean. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, oh, I, I said on the the our preview. This has to end in Elias breaking a t- guitar over Bobby Lashley's ass. But shouldn't because Bobby Lashley no-sell it, though? Shouldn't he no-sell it? He should. He, he should, should flex up and make his ass cheeks shake. And, <laughs> like, really hook up and start sh- Not shaking his head, just shaking his ass. And then he does the rear view and pins Elias. There you go. How did Biggest- this... How- how do you go? No, I love it. I love the Bobby Lashley ass. You being pose. serious? It's friggin' hilarious. But, that guy but, doing that pose all the time. Melissa, have you been shown this? No. No. It's this big 300 pound bodybuilder. Yeah. Amateur wrestler. Dead serious guy. 15 and 2 MMA fighter. Real badass. He does all the poses and then he does his favorite pose, which is just bending over and showing his ass to the crowd. It's amazing. The it's reason amazing. I don't like it is because he is not a small dollar talent. The guy is a former Bellator heavyweight. He was Mr. Everything in Impact Wrestling. He should be a main eventer. He should not be flexing his ass in the mid-card. Jimmy, are you, sense to me. <laughs> are you saying that you're not an ass man? No, you're not an ass man. I'm waiting. Let's go. Yeah. You don't love. You don't love to love them. <laughs> you don't love to kick them. You don't love to shove them. You don't love to stick them. You don't love to flaunt them. You don't love to watch them. You probably don't love to pick them, and you're probably not gonna kick them because you're not an ass man. There's so many it? asses, but so little time. Is that why you need blue chew? Promo code Fightful, is this where we're going? No, Jimmy. Oh. Jimmy. Oh. You're trying you're talking about wanting to heat up an angle is what you're doing, essentially. Uh-huh. And there's and no that's, better. And that's way- the way to do it. No, the best way to do it is actionheat.com slash fightful. I was waiting for it. <laughs> actionheat.com slash fightful. I didn't know the- where the hell he was going with this when he's talking about asses and he oh, segued to action it heat. It could have gone all any way there. You don't need <laughs> ass to heat things up out of Bobby Lashley's ass. Well, whatever, whatever you're talking about. Actionheat.com slash fightful. will keep that ass good and warm. <laughs> keep those glutes good and warm. How about your, your, your chest, your head, your hands, all that stuff. I've got the gloves. I've got the shirt. I love them. They're engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. You can recharge your phone or any other gadget. You don't have to go to your new barn that you built just to charge your phone. (laughs) They provide toasty warmth for your whole body. 
They have men's and women's heated jackets, shirts, base layers, long johns, gloves, hats, socks, all that stuff. They are perfect for a gift idea. Nobody has these yet. Everybody's going to have them soon. I know my boy John Baez bought some, posted over at Fightful Select that he, he's uh, ordered his. And he saved 20% by going to actionheat.com slash Fightful. Or you can just use that code. They got stuff in everybody's budget starting just thirty nine ninety nine. I know I'm bringing mine to Canada. I'm excited. In, in, in July? You're going to bring it to Canada in July? So, SummerSlam's in August. Are you saying you're bringing me up in July and August? Even if I did, are you going to bring wow, battery heated apparel? It. I'm going to be toasty as... Well, to be honest, last time, Turo was toasty. the only... Vatura was the only one with the foresight to wear a jacket, and it was real windy after that game. It was pretty chilly. Come on. I was walking around in a t-shirt that day. Yeah, that was a nice day. You went home! Yeah. You didn't come in a out t-shirt. And party, Jimmy. What's that? Come out and party, Jimmy. I got two little kids, man. My party days are done. They can come, too. <laughs> you want my 18-month-old running Why around not? the bar? That would be, that'd be fun. Maybe, maybe next time. Well, you know. Okay, thank you to TrevorStrong.org for the stupid song and for the creation of the Fightful.com song. Might have to create a new intro with that one, Sean. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's good. I already uh, got a new one. Uh, Fightful intro. You do. I got one of Trevor Strong singing Fightful.com. But we shit. don't play that on a weekly. No. See? We should we should change our weekly one to something else with that song. Yeah, we should. So we'll work on that. Well, we got to keep Justin in there because I took some convincing. Yeah, true. So we'll keep Justin in there. So this first one, this is reported by Dezine.com on December 5. You've never been to Europe yet, right? No. Melissa, you ever been to Europe? Nope. Okay. So uh, Amsterdam. I've been to Amsterdam a couple times. Back in 2004, the letters I Amsterdam were installed in a town square uh, in Amsterdam. Kind of like the Toronto letters, not mm-hmm. most of which I know you know. These big letters, they say I Amsterdam. Um, they did it as part of a city marketing campaign back in 2004. And we have a photo of it. Put it up, Melissa. That's what it looked like. See that, Sean? Nice and pretty, right? So that was 2004, city marketing campaign, which essentially means that they're promoting tourism. That's what marketing your city means, right? You're promoting tourism. 14 years later, Sean, they have removed those letters. They took them down last week. Why do you think they removed the letters? Because it's an Amster goddamn. <sighs> they removed the letters. Offended. They removed the letters because there's too much tourism. That's why they removed them. So wow. they they put them up in 2004 to get tourism. Now there's too much tourism. Apparently that square became congested with people. They estimate that 6,000 selfies were being taken a day Damn. on those letters. Uh, and so they took it down. One city councilor, here's a quote from them. This slogan reduces the city to a background and a marketing story. Amps. Amsterdamers want to regain their grip on the city. So what she's saying is it's uh, reducing the city to a background and a marketing story when it was created for the purpose of marketing. Man. Isn't it better than saying I'm going to Amsterdam and smoke weed? Because that's like a big selling point for yeah. a lot of people. Well, I mean, not anymore because that's what, you can get that all over now. Well, in Canada, yeah. yeah. But not, yeah, not yeah. I was thinking red light's a big thing. Yeah, not me. Yeah. Uh, and matter of fact, let's be honest, more than just weed is legal in Amsterdam. So, uh, you go there for other reasons. Okay, this next one. This next one, Sean, is fucked up. Alright? And I, I want to see your reaction when you see the photo that I have attached to this one. This was reported by the BBC on December 7. So, there's a couple out of the UK named Faye and Andrew Stevens. Okay? Back in 2014, unfortunately, their son Alex passed away. And so, they made it an annual tradition to go to a resort in Jamaica called the Royalton Jamaica Resort to celebrate Alex's birthday. And they did that every year. This year, they went to the same resort and they brought uh, a family friends with them, including Alex's godmother. Alex's godmother tipped off the staff at the resort, let them in a little bit about the annual tradition, oh. and said, you know, it would be really nice if you guys could maybe do, adorn their room 
Uh, give them a nice little surprise, some balloons and stuff like that. And I said, okay, cool, we'll come up with something. Let's see what they came up with. Put that photo up, Melissa. Look at that, Sean. They put a mannequin on the bed dressed in that couple's clothing. Oh, no. Yes. And they put a birthday cake on his lap that says, Happy Birthday, Alexander. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Can you believe that nonsense? An effigy. can't. Yes. Now, the good news was, the good news is kind of twofold. Number one, the godmother saw it before the couple did. And okay. so she removed it before the couple saw it. Oh, thank God. Yeah, so that's positive, positivity number one. Number two, the godmother took that photo, complained to the travel agency. I think they're called TUI out of the UK. And the travel agency refunded their vacation. Wow. Can you believe that? That they created an effigy in their room. Man, I should have just managed to smuggle a mannequin into the seat I was supposed to be in on Air Canada, I would have gotten a refund a lot easier, right? You might have. You might have. God, you know, that's so dumb. It's pretty bad, yeah. This last one's for the SRS file. Yeah. Reported by Social News Daily on December 10th. Do you use non-stick frying pans? No, because... Melissa's shaking her head. No, because no, I do. No, oh, You know about this one? Look who you're talking to, Jimmy. The great Dongsman. Of course. Okay. I am aware. Uh, for somebody to talk about small dicks and then say, look who I'm talking to, my <laughs> mind, I went in a complete other direction news, with that one. The great Dongsman's got news alerts for this type of thing, Jimmy. You have news alerts for this. Of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. I'm going to tell it anyway. Do so, it. uh,. The world needs to know, not just there me. Is, I can't hold all this info myself. I, I'm still trying to get past that you have small dick notifications, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with this. So there's a chemical that's used in nonstick frying pans. It's called perfluorinated compound or PFCs. And scientists discovered somehow, and I always wonder how they discover stuff like this, but scientists discovered that PFCs can interfere with male hormones and can make your penis shorter and thinner if exposed to the chemical while you're in the womb. So like if your mom is cooking with a nonstick frying pan. Mm -hmm. So what they did was the University of Padua in Italy did a study. They studied 383 men uh, with an average age of 18 from areas with heavy PFC pollution to see how their penis ranked compared to guys that were from towns that did not have heavy PFC pollution. And what they learned is that of those men, uh, twelve and a half percent of them had shorter dicks than average, six point three percent thinner than average, compared to guys that grew up in other towns. All because of non-stick frying pan, Sean, which you knew about because you have short dick notifications, which I didn't realize. <laughs> I mean, of course I do. I mean, I wish I had a like a marquee, like one of those digital marquees behind my head for the show that just scrolled dick news behind there like a ticker. You know what I'm saying? That's what we need on this Melissa show. Melissa doesn't know what to think about the fact that you have short dick notifications. Melissa doesn't need She's to think about my about dick notifications. All the her. times I ask you to do something and you say, eh, I'm too busy to do this 30-second task. I know you're reading small dick news, not That's even what regular she's doing. dick yes, news. Yes, he's reading small, small dick, dick news. news. He's too what busy with small dick news. What business is it of yours? <laughs> 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 okay, Sean. It's a moment of truth, my friend. Ah! <laughs> I told you I was going to tell a story. I don't got to show my dick, do I? Uh, I mean, I want to increase viewership, not kill it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to tell the story. And let me say this, all right? Uh, whenever I'm ever going to post anything on social media, or whenever I'm even going to talk about stuff on this podcast, Sean, I always try to ask myself first, what's the benefit? What's the benefit of posting that? What's the benefit? Even in my day-to-day -day business, what's the benefit of signing that deal or not signing that deal? For that reason, I held off on telling the story because I didn't see the benefit of telling the story, right? And I still don't really see the benefit. Mm -hmm. The reason I chose to do this, number one, I talked to my lawyer and kind of got the green light. Number two, number two, uh, you told me about your Cincinnati house show appearance 
and you told me about how you were recognized by certain people. It was a you, network special. Thank you. Whatever. And you told me that you even had one of our listeners at the show said to you, when are you going to tell the story? Then that got me thinking, you know what? Our viewership is not yet large. It's not yet where I want it to be. I think in 2019 it will hopefully get there. But the viewers that we do have, they're loyal. They've been with us every week. And so I decided for that reason that I was going to tell this story. So uh, that's kind of where it starts. Now let me also say this. There are a ton of wrestling websites on the internet, as you know. You can probably count on one hand how many of them actually break news and how many of them actually have exclusives because all the rest of them are aggregators. And all they do is they gather up news from other sites. Sometimes they rewrite the story to make it look like their own. Fightful, I'm very proud to say, and this is kudos to you, is one of the few sites that actually breaks stories and actually has exclusives. And that brings me to the story. (laughs) So a little while ago, Fightful.com got access to some format sheets uh, WWE format sheets. Basically, on Mondays, they would come out before Raw, and on Tuesdays, they would come out before SmackDown. We decided to put them on FIFO Select, which is our premium service. And uh, the information uh, started going viral a little bit. People were finding out about it. It was you know, going on Reddit, and other websites were picking it up, and we got a lot of attention for it. Shortly after that, we were contacted by WWE's legal department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were told in no, no short order that, you know, we don't like what you're doing. Uh, you need to take this stuff down. Uh, funny side story that I'll tell you is that around the time that this all started, whether Sean's going to admit it or not, he got a little rattled by it because without my permission, he started deleting some of the content from Fightful Select. And I had to tell him, <laughs> put it back, put it back. I am dealing with this, put it back. And so I actually had him put the stuff back while I was talking to the company. We went back and forth for quite a while. Uh, My lawyer admittedly told me, you did nothing wrong. We do not have a confidentiality agreement with WWE. We do not have a non-disclosure agreement with WWE. You've done nothing wrong. You don't even have to respond. That's, That's what I was told. The reason I chose to respond is because in order to be one of those handful of websites like I talked about, you need to have a good relationship with companies like WWE, and we're thankful that we do have a good relationship, at least with the PR department (laughs) of WWE, and I wanted that to continue. And so that's why, to me, when I talk about the benefit of doing something, to me, I saw a benefit of trying to work it out with WWE. And so I dealt with the whole thing by myself. It took about two weeks going back and forth. Now, it's one thing to uh, show some goodwill by trying to work with a company and try to appease them, it's another thing to bend over backwards for them, especially when you know you did nothing wrong. That's why I told Sean, do not take that content down because I'm working something out with them. We've done nothing wrong. They were admittedly trying to threaten me with, you know, if you guys don't comply, then there might be a lawsuit. I've never been afraid of lawsuits. I'll never be afraid of lawsuits. Uh, I've been involved on both sides of them. I've never done anything wrong in these situations. That's why I'm not afraid of them. However, they are a pain in the butt. They can be a time suck. They can be a money suck. Uh, and so I decided to work with the company, but I wasn't going to bend over backwards for them. What I ended up agreeing to do was delete the verbatim format sheet content, yeah. uh, which I thought was a very fair compromise. They also wanted to know, okay, we want to know who the source is. This matter isn't closed until we know the source. Not they also, I, 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 don't say nothing. They also wanted, they also wanted to know, uh, uh, oh, hey, I want, want you to remove these spoiler reports that you've written. Uh-uh, we wrote that. I'm not taking that down. Every other wrestling website does that stuff too. But in good faith, out of respect for our relationship with the company, I agreed to remove the format sheets, uh, and we did. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> 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 that's awesome, Melissa. <laughs> but I agreed to do that. I did not agree to take down those stuff they wanted. I did not agree to reveal our sources. I told them, we have journalistic integrity, and you're not getting that information out of me. And then they, uh, they quietly let it go and went away after that. And that is what happened. That is the story there you go, Sean. You can unmute him now because the story's done. Oh, but I like him more like this. You like him more like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since then I've maintained a pretty positive relationship with WWE, and they've worked with Fightful. They've uh, they provided us with press credentials to Starcade, but I mean, it was... I don't think, was... I don't think uh, the left hand talked to the right hand, Sean. Exactly, and Fightful had asked for comment on some stuff that was in there, and that's what essentially kicked it off. They were like, we don't want that info out there. And 
They were now, not the, happy that we had the, that info. Well, the one kind of funny side note is that because of Fightful.com, WWE changed the way that they write and distribute format sheets. Was mm-hmm. waiting uh, to hear that. Waiting to I hear that. that. So, That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So they, of, they, they, I had some people who had not contacted me before. I think WWE thought that they knew Fightful Source, but they didn't. But I had people that contacted me angry because their jobs were harder to do because of the issues, the things mm-hmm. that we would post out there. WWE went on to change the way that their format sheets were going, so it wouldn't say this person faces this person, this person does this, yada yada. It would say superstar versus superstar, right. superstar interrupts. And for people who are running those shows, it is very hard to follow that. Oh, for and sure Jimmy, it is. Yeah, Jimmy, I even asked you, I was like, should we hit them up and say, listen, for the sake of sake of those people that are mad at me, we'll just stop. No. We'll just won't do it. But then no. I was like, you know what? I'll post a little scoopsy last night just to show it's, them I still could. No, it's better to leave all that stuff alone. Again, once again, I did not have to respond to them. Uh, and I chose to do it for the for the betterment of Fightful in order yeah. to you know build a positive relationship with the company. I thought that we were more than fair in taking down what they considered to be verbatim. They considered to be verbatim confidential yeah. content, even though it clearly was not confidential content because it was everywhere. But they yeah. considered it, and it, with, even without Fightful, it was everywhere. But uh, I did that in good faith uh, to build that relationship. But like I said, I will not bend over backwards in a situation when, when I'm in the right. Which is why their other demands that they had, I refused, and they, uh, yeah, they let it go. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big no, no. I didn't go seventy thousand dollars in journalism school debt to completely take a dump on like the ethics class that I took, where you reveal your sources right there. If a source tells me, "Hey, I'll be, I'll, I'll be out there," you can name me. I'll gladly name them. I mean. Right. Uh, I, I had that happen a couple of weeks ago where they were like, yeah, you can name me now. And I was like, all right, cool. I had that happen once this summer, too. But, yeah. Uh, there you go. I hope everybody's happy. There's your story. <laughs> I was terrified about Yeah, you that. were. I was because – I could tell you where it wasn't until – I think I went on Fightful Select looking for some of the content that they were complaining about. <laughs> and the links were dead. And I was like, Sean, put it the fuck back. Jimmy, listen, I don't have that new barn money. <laughs> I've got like a maybe put a down payment on a barn money. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean, what you need to understand is it's very difficult to use leverage when you suddenly have none because somebody yeah. deleted your leverage. <laughs> and I mean, I, I've spoken at length about WWE prefers to give their interviews to the NBCs of the world, the Uproxes of the world, stuff like that. That's just what they do. Because they know that wrestling websites that work full time will cover that. As because right. I mean because if you don't if our viewers don't get all their news at Fightful they'll go somewhere else, and that's why aggregators have become so popular. They aggregate everything, and we do that to a degree. We're not posting two line stories. It is yeah, a necessary yeah. evil, but I mean when I brought Sean on, I told him straight up I don't want to be an aggregator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told him that, and and uh, we've had a ton of exclusive stuff because. I want to be one of that handful of sites. I don't want to be one of the hundred that know zero people in WWE and never break anything ever. That's not and what that I was, wanted. That was my thing. I didn't want to be an aggregator. <laughs> right. I had became known because I did like a 6,000-word story on a guy who hadn't been around wrestling in a decade. And I was like, I want to do more stuff like that. I want to break news. And this is a part of that. And I have people in WWE, close to WWE, who will reach out to me and talk to me. I have people in WWE that in every company that we talk to and Jimmy knows some of those people and they know that they're not going to be outed, but they're also going to be covered fairly. They're going to be, they, they're a wrestler and they have a shit match. I'm going to say they have a shit match. Integrity as a uh, website is important above all else. I think that doesn't mean I can't get on here and sell dick pills here and there and have some fun (laughs) with it, but uh, I, I want us to be viewed as a website that does have integrity and does things the right way, but does things in an entertaining way too. So, uh, thank you for not letting me get in shit. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'd cover your ass. You don't do anything stupid. <laughs> Thanks, and, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. That's it. That's the listing, your boy. One o two.
We got lots of stuff on Select this week, guys. NXT 205 Live Wrap Up Podcast, NXT UK Podcast, The Weekender Podcast, Retro Review Podcast is up for World War 398. I got the Fightful Report giving you all behind the scenes news before it drops on fightful.com. That's the most direct way to uh, support us. Actionheat.com slash fightful. Check them out as well. But most importantly, Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, visit Fightful.com, retweet those wonderful stories. That helps us out the most. We're doing Stupid People Extended next on Fightful Select. Check us out. Till next time, we gone. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.